1: welcome. We're back. My name is Brian Beckner. I am super stoked you are joining us. I'm trying to write down a thought I had, but I'm also talking into the microphone and it's not working because the words I'm saying are confusing the words I'm writing. So I end up writing the words... I'm saying instead of the words I'm writing. But now I'm back. You have my full attention. Uh, episode number 300 of the Baller Lifestyle podcast. That's right. We've been doing this shit like six years. That's crazy. And also so dumb because it's like literally giving, giving us nothing. I'm like, oh, we're going to do a podcast in like a couple years. I had like, I'd realistic expectations. I'm like, this thing's going to blow up in a couple years. Now, here we are better part of more than half a decade in and it's just like kind of the same um which is fine it's still fun to do and we still love uh doing it for you and hearing from you guys um episode 300 it's fucking christmas time and um there's a lot of christmas shit going on and we wanted to do a little christmas themed episode i am joined now as i am each and every week by mr ed daily ed what's up
2: uh Happy holidays, Brian.
1: Oh, right. Sorry. Because people <laughs> people get mad when you say Merry Christmas, except no like, one gets mad when you yeah. say Merry Christmas. Nobody gives a fuck if you say Merry Christmas. No one's if, ever gotten mad about it.
2: If you said Merry Christmas to my father in law who actually had moved around Europe during right. the Holocaust, yeah. he still would have been like, All right, Merry Christmas. Yeah, like nobody cares.
1: Who gives a shit? If you say Happy Kwanzaa to me, I'm not gonna be like, "Excuse me, that's not I, the holiday I celebrate." What? Get the I, fuck out of here!
2: No, I know it's it sounds terrible, but I've I've never known anyone to celebrate Kwanzaa.
1: Me either. The guy that in like,
2: I, I, I've known black people, and I've you know, right. I try not to ask everyone, every black person I yeah. know, but I do ask some, and <laughs> no, they're like Christmas,
1: right? Kwanzaa was, in fact, created by a professor at my college, Cal State Long Beach. Fun fact. I
2: do know from, I think it was like the Sesame Street episode where they like kind of explain the holidays to the kids. They're very derivative. Instead of a menorah, they have like a clenora. And instead of seven candles, they have nine. Or You know, it's like. It's, it's, it's a little bit like they kind of – it feels – even though all religion is this, it feels like they're making it up as they went along.
1: Is it, is it similar to um, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, being born of a virgin birth around the winter solstice like um, like 25 other religions much older than Christianity? Is it anything – is it similar to that at all? <laughs>
2: yeah. More or less.
1: Oh, because uh, I don't think people realize that there's they don't have the market cornered on virgin births around the winter solstice. That's all I'm saying. It's look it up. It's happened before.
2: And you know what? So, before before we move on to the show, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I saw like a high school team as the Crusaders. Yeah. I was thinking. You know what? No, that might it. be more problematic than Redskins. Doesn't Texas yeah. Crusader? Are we? Are we proud of the Crusades?
1: No, it was a terrible time. No. The Crusaders. Are a lot of
2: Crusaders. The Crusaders.
1: terrible people. They were fucking doing horrible murders. And don't even get me going on the Inquisition. Oh yeah. The The Inquisition would do some
2: shit to you. Yeah.
1: Um speaking of inquisitive people, it's Ed Daly and I, we're sitting here talking, and it's we're we're um, omitting another member of the broadcast team that joins us tonight. And it's, but the thing is, it probably won't sound that different for the rest of the show because he's, he'll really pick and choose his spots. He picks his spots. He's got a thing. He's he's written something down that he has fucking holstered, and he's gonna break it out at a moment, and he's gonna want a lot of reaction for the one. He'll be mad when he doesn't get it, right? He's for the one, maybe two things, he'll be like, "I'm back," and then we won't react, and then he'll spend weeks.
0: It'll send us like thirty texts right?
1: about it that aren't "I'm back." That they're like, they have the word <laughs> "back" in them, but they're not "I'm back." right um we are joined now and we're have I'm I love having him on Love having him on He's a great dude and he does the bachelor lifestyle podcast with me Bachelor coming back just after the 1st of the year the first Monday of the new year Pilot Pete is coming in and he's swinging a big meat stick and he's going to drop the hammer could possibly Break Bob Guinea's sexing record on The Bachelor. Looking forward to that. Of course, I'm talking about Mr. Jason Stewart. Jason, how are you, my hey, friend?
2: Jason,
3: hello, everybody. All right. Um, a couple, a couple things here. A couple uh, house cleaning um, moments as you guys were uh, opening the show here. Uh, yep. I've done. I've been a regular contributor to the show for you know. If you guys have done 300 episodes, I've probably done. The second most as a contributor, yeah. would you you're agree? Like,
2: you're like Fonzie in season one. You weren't in yeah. the you weren't in the uh, credits, but you're like right there.
1: No, he's more like Chuck Cunningham.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> next next year, we're just going to pretend he never existed.
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, conti- Jason, you were making a point. I think. So
3: yeah, so if I I've been doing this show quite some time with Ed, and this is the first time that I've heard that he knows black people. What are you talking Oh he lives in New Jersey And by the way Ed I mean uh, the Crusaders thing Comparing that to the Redskins like Obviously you don't know If Catholics or Christians Do anything it's never wrong Um,
2: (laughs) That's that's a good point Jason I I stand corrected
3: Let me give you an example There was a bunch of uh, priests In uh, Pennsylvania and Boston That were doing some uh, really bad things (laughs) and uh instead of kicking their ass out of the church they just reshuffled them they just they sent just them brought, to other they, churches
2: they had, they had too much love to give they were just sent to another yeah. church
1: they sent one prolific boy bugger to a uh, school for the deaf oh
2: no <laughs> yeah jesus christ
1: yeah. Um, um i like that movie um a what's the uh, the spotlight, spotlight. That was pretty good and now I've see they've remade it exactly the same but about fracking and it's got Mark Ruffalo in it like I don't I don't I don't need like oh, this
2: I saw a preview for it and it just didn't seem fun it seemed
1: no. like a like Real bummer. worse version Real bummer. there's there's not gonna be one breast in that movie I can tell you that much right now and it's you know there's a high bar if I'm not gonna see at least one nip slip I'm gonna need some a higher form of entertainment than fracking. I get it. Fracking sucks. Fuck fracking. I get it. I'm there I with you. Saw
0: a fracking
2: movie on an airplane, and I thought that was one too many. Oh,
1: the Matt Damon one. The, uh, Matt Damon and uh, the the Office dude. Krasinski.
2: Krasinski.
1: Kras- Krasinski's like um, Trump's America action hero now. He's like, we gotta, we gotta, f- the Russians are in Venezuela. We gotta get down there. I'm like, what? I, I
2: gotta say, <laughs> big on. fan of his wife.
1: Emily Blunt, yeah, she's she's uh, she's from Sicario, yeah. Yes, she Sicario is. one, yeah. Uh, okay, did you have a point that I interrupted there, Ed?
2: No, I never have a point. Oh, perfect.
1: Ed, uh, Jason Stewart, anything else you'd like to add? Any opening remarks?
3: Let me just preface this uh, uh-huh. episode by saying that you uh, you guys did me a favor the last time you had me on by talking about. My favorite movie of all time, and Boogie Nights. Great, man. That I, I must say, that podcast went off the rails a little bit. But I don't think know, it we, did. We welcomed in some, uh, some new blood. Chris Morales, uh, different was, energy. Well, yeah, was not very focused, but I think it was still a pretty good fo- podcast. I think, it,
1: I think and it was that, a good show. It was so good that you made zero tweets about it and advertised it not at all to your twenty thousand Twitter followers, Jason.
3: Yeah, I mean there there's just certain things that I, I gotta uh, keep in mind but here.
1: You didn't, say, you didn't even say you didn't even say anything bad.
2: Yeah, I was wondering what the controversial part
1: is. I, I think maybe growers and stiffers. You're, you're, no, you're just, talking you talking about just dicks? Kind
3: of, just general misogyny. I don't oh. I don't need to be
1: uh you know, I don't one's need boogie to be, nights.
3: Um and then there's uh but you guys are doing four. you guys are doing me a, a, another favor here by talking about my favorite holiday movie. Or song ever. And I would even say that, like, it's a holiday song, but just as a song, like, the Please other 11 months out of the year. This.
2: Do you no, listen to this outside no, like, of Christmas time?
3: Not at all, but I will say that it stands up. Like, the, the song is a real catchy tune. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's great mid 80s goth. So, uh, yeah. It's much better than uh, We Are the World, the other uh, song. The other though. Christmas oh, a song. High bar to cross.
2: Better than We Are the World. That's like, hey, it's not as painful as a uh, as as AIDS. Like, oh, OK, uh, all right, you
3: got it. I, you but know, this song, yeah, this song is like a is like my apple, my uh, pumpkin pie. Uh, I I love pumpkin pie, but I only eat it at Thanksgiving. And then the, the rest of like around Thanksgiving, I'm like, why don't I eat this the rest of the year? It's so good. And then every time I hear this song, I'm thinking, why don't I just put it in my phone and listen to it the other 11 months out of the year? That would be weird.
1: Um, why would you eat, like, you would eat pumpkin pie on Easter or, like, in the summer? Still pretty good. I mean, that's, that's some it damn good pie. It is delicious,
2: but it has a certain time of year for it.
1: You know, I was eating some pumpkin pie this Thanksgiving, and I, I like pumpkin pie. And I, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking... I could go for a different kind of pie right now. I could, well, I could go for an apple pie. We, we go three. Pumpkin apple. Pecan. Pecan's that's great. A third.
2: Pecan's a great pie. That's kind of our, our, our standard. We do three for
1: Thanksgiving. And I'm all, I'll also admit something else that growing up, you know, I grew up white trash. I'm from Costa Mesa. I think that's pretty known. We'd throw a big dollop of Cool Whip on that pie growing up and, uh, I haven't had cool whip in a while. And I'll be honest. It's, I know it's disgusting. It's like whipped oil with sugar and it's, it's, it's a
2: miracle whip.
1: It's there's, it's everything that's wrong with it. And you know, now we get like the, the organic, like hand whipped craft whipped cream. Sometimes the somebody here will even whip up the whipped cream themselves or maybe even like a creme fraiche or something like that. And I'm, I'm eating that pumpkin pie, and I, I go, you know what this needs? See, you know what I should be having with this? Cool Whip. Should be having a big, uh, big, big gob of Cool Whip on the top of this.
2: Along those same lines, I people always have their gravy, their specific gravy recipes and all these things. I gotta admit, I like the, the jar gravy, the turkey oh, gravy. The
1: jello? Like the it. gelatinous? Yeah, I just yeah. like it. It's because like I grew up with that boy trash upbringing
2: like that, that aspect of my mom is like a South Jersey trash person. And that was introduced when I was a kid. And like when I have somebody's delicious, like regular gravy, I'm thinking I kind of want the shitty jar gravy.
1: No, I get that. I get that. Hey, you don't have, I don't have it on Thanksgiving. You never have it on Thanksgiving, but if you, if you, and it's been a long time, but if you, Run into some stovetop stuffing, the fucking out of the box shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not gonna be bummed out. You're not gonna be like, oh shit, stovetop stuffing. Like, who made this shit? Like, you're gonna you're gonna eat it. You're gonna enjoy it. You're gonna love it.
2: And Chappelle has a great routine about it. Does he? Yeah, that's the way when he talks about, he opened oh. his maybe last special where he did the. Punch it right in the
1: pussy. Sticks line. and tones. Yeah. It was about stove top. I think I can't remember. I can't, but I'm sure it was Chappelle, so it was great. Uh, let's try to get Jason Stewart back in the conversation, Jason. Um, so we're talk We wanted to talk about do- the. Speaking beat. of
2: nostalgia, this
1: yeah. song. Yeah. <laughs> we wanted to talk about? It's a divisive Christmas song, and one you don't. You would think of this like this song came out in 1984. That's that's the year they had the Olympics in LA. I went and so saw... 35
2: I went, years ago. This Christmas, 35 years. Yeah, I went and
1: saw Mark McGuire at Dodger Stadium. Put it down for the USA. I think yeah. they might have played... Paul
0: Lewis was like that,
2: that year. Japan,
1: yeah. He had he had a good Olympics. No Russians. We're, we're going to have a, a no Russians Olympics this next Olympics, as if anybody yeah. gave a fuck about the Olympics anymore. Uh, I saw Detlef Shrimp put it down at the forum. He fucking... I think they played Italy. It was big swarthy guys. It might've been Greece. I think it was Italy though. And, uh, Detlef Schramp just put it on them, inside, outside, like no problem. The whole fucking crowd was chanting Detlef, but it was 1984. And this song came out, do they know it's Christmas? And you, you look back, there's not a lot of new Christmas songs. And I feel like we'll get into some of the, but it's, it's the same like dozen songs that you hear every year. Around Christmas, White Christmas, that d- drummer boy piece of shit. What are some other right. ones? S- simply well, having a wonderful Christmas time. Oh, that's j- we'll talk about that that's later.
2: That's the worst song of all time. But uh, yeah. uh, Jingle
0: Bells, Jingle white Bells, Christmas, yep. uh, Frosty,
2: Silver Silver Bells. It's Christmas time in the city. Uh, the you, greatest, know a, uh, you know who
3: does a you oh, know who does a mean Winter Wonderland? Yeah, uh, Eurythmics.
1: Oh, great,
3: great version of Winter Wonderland. And, and the reason why, I mean, to to contradict your point, th- there are a lot of new songs made about Christmas. But they don't catch they they don't 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 on. Traction. Like, you, I think these bands or these these uh, these solo acts, they see uh, Christmas songs as easy money. And they're probably like, let's put some effort in and, and buy a writer and, and uh and make a, a like a brand new song and maybe we'll get on, on those uh, on that great list of songs that you hear every Christmas and they just fail. And I think all of them just end up going back to the standards.
1: Yeah. So that's we, we should, we'll get into more. We'll talk um, band aid first, but we, just to preface and Jay Stu's got a point, Mariah Carey, um, which is all I want for Christmas is you. She had a vision where she's like, I'm going to do a new Christmas song and it's going to fucking blow up and it it's been out for like at least a decade and it went to number 1 for the first 25 time 25 years old yeah it's yeah it's 25 years old she, it went to number 1 for the first time this year and i read she's due to pull down about 600 grand this year just from that song something she recorded 20 years ago is going to just in the mailbox she's going to get <laughs> A fucking uh, more than half a million dollars just mailed like Jay Stu, you did a couple you did a couple episodes of According to Jim. Yep. Big show, probably still on T V land. That when when your episode of According to Jim or what or Gary Unmarried comes out back when you used to be friends with Jay Moore. Forty went crazy. You get when you get a residual check from one of those shows. It's pretty nice, right? That's some mailbox money. Give me, give me an example of one of your residual checks from either a Gary got married, no Gary unmarried or two, according to Jim with Jim Belushi, who's got two sons named Jared. Go on.
3: Well, just last week, just last week I had, I got a uh, royalty check and it was a 2019 Eastern European distribution. So, um, So as the Ukraine and Croatia and former Yugoslavia is enjoying, according to Jim, probably for the first time, I got paid $5.17. Holy
2: shit. They're calming their nerves from all the tensions over there.
1: Yeah. A little
2: JC action.
1: Novak Djokovic is like, I need me some, like, John Belushi dead. Is there a lesser Belushi brother? That one that's completely unfunny that's never did anything of interest like is they're that can i find a, him
2: they're having a uh, a movie marathon of taking care of business and mr destiny <laughs>
1: um so you could see jay Stu, big time actor a guy that's fucking performed he's been on shit he's getting residual checks his are like five dollars mariah carey's 600 grand from this song and I heard or I read I think that she's made since she, since she dropped this Christmas song she's made over 60 million dollars just from this song.
2: But it, one interesting thing about her career is she was until like a year ago still insisting she was a pop star that yeah had different range and now she's just leaning into it. Like I'm the Christmas lady.
1: Yeah. She doesn't give a fuck, but, but you know, this song and I'm not a Mariah Carey fan. I couldn't name one other song that she's done like heartbreaker or something. It's a
2: good song. I think it's a good song.
1: Yeah, it is a great song. Um, she, I think she now holds the record for most number ones. She's got more number ones than Elvis. Oh,
2: I don't even know her songs.
1: Yeah, me either. She's got more number ones than Elvis. She's got more number ones than the Beatles. All the biggies.
2: How about? Uh, did she have more number one songs than Garth Brooks' alter ego? What was that? Chris Gaines. Chris
3: Gaines.
1: He's scrubbed. The, he's scrubbed the internet of Chris Gaines. If you can believe that.
3: <laughs> no, Mariah Carey did that uh, kind of music that none of the three of us would have ever uh, listened to. It's like the. Uh, I guess we we know Whitney Houston stuff a little bit more, but it's kind of in the same genre of just like. Uh, you know that just isn't our it's, demographic. It's R and B, top forty radio. Yeah. I mean, what, what about what about what's his name? The the, uh, the guy that rapes all those teenagers, R. Gary Kelly. Glitter? Oh. R. Kelly was a godlike figure <laughs> in the nineties, and I I didn't. Remember him once?
1: Well, he did that one,
3: Michael Jordan. I I
2: gotta say, I still like the remix to "Ignition." Yeah, I I I like that that
3: song. I
1: don't know when he was jams. I know, I know when he's like, "I've been in the closet and you fucking that guy." Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah," because he's and I'm like, "Oh, this is an insane person." There's an insane person doing music. Yeah,
2: and that was like 20 years ago.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, things aren't going too well for him. Okay, but we're here to talk about uh, Band Aid. Do they know it's Christmas time? Nineteen eighty four. Here, I'll just give you. A, sh- should I play it, or what do you guys want to do? Should I read the Wikipedia? I thought I'd play it, and we could discuss as we played it. Maybe you guys could look on also.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah. No. No ideas. I mean, I'm I'm well, reaching out I'm, for I'm help. I'm
2: Wondering if we wait, we build it up and then play it.
3: I was going to say, I think that that's the way to do it because, uh, as the documentary did, you know, the documentary oh, told what a the piece story. of shit. That's worse He's than Gremlins. And then they they paid it off at the end by doing the entire song, and then um, they just clipped that that part and made it the music video for MTV. That last part of the documentary.
1: That's a good point. Um, yeah. Uh, so do they know it's Christmas? It came out in 1984, written by Bob Geldof of the Boomtown Rats. Who? I didn't
2: know that band.
1: Um, yeah, they oh, did Up All, all Night.
2: Night. Uh, yeah, Jim
3: Rome's Up All Night was uh, was a boomtown rouse. But I think that I knew Bob Geldof more. I've ate. Uh, was, no, not at all. In fact, uh, I was a big Pink Floyd guy. My dad was a big Pink Floyd fan. Yeah. And the movie The Wall came oh, out. Oh, he plays, yeah,
1: he's the guy in The Wall. He
3: plays Pink Floyd. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah he does. That's exactly right. He's uh, He is that guy. Uh, well, he wrote this song. He's like Welsh i think scottish i don't know um and he he saw there was a there was like a series on the bbc talking about how people were fucking starving in In
2: specifically ethiopia right ethiopia
1: and i mean uh sam kennison (laughs) right move to where the food is (laughs) yeah uh yeah it, it was Ethiopia. People were starving. Did that? What did that just end? Because well, you I don't hear about read,
2: it. I actually read up on this like a year or two ago, and Ethiopia Ethiopia is one of the uh, however they did quali- qualify it. It's the most one of the most rapidly growing economies in the world. Shut up. That, that I mean that doesn't mean they have the type of money that France has or yeah. right, you know whatever. But but they actually. From this movement starting 35 years ago, they have done very well um, because of these charities and stuff. Like it, it actually did pay off. So no, he, he, did. he he did he did a, a great thing yeah. for humanity. Yeah,
3: you he, could you can make the argument that um, they at some point went from starving to being fed, and I think they they started to eat enough food to be healthy enough to give each other AIDS.
1: The, the, um, <laughs> Man. You're definitely not retweeting this it's Stu. <laughs> oh
2: my God. Uh, I mean, I was going to say, starving or being fed with the help of bono, which is which is the decision you make?
1: so we should talk about Bono because I, a lot, it took tu- it took me, so I don't know why he gets the solo. I don't and I, I feel like there's a documentary. Just about that.
2: There's a bigger question mark to me. The opener of the song. Paul Young. Paul Young was famous for like six months. And he was able to capitalize on Live Aid and this and his song. He had one song and it was done better by the person who wrote it, Daryl Hall. This was a Hall & Oates song every time you go away. Oh, yeah. you You take a piece of me with you. Yeah. That was the only reason Paul Young was famous, and it wasn't even his song, and he was not famous in 1985 so, hold- or 1986, whatever. It all went away for him, but he's the lead, he's the lead of the song. He opens it.
1: So, so this uh, is- Hold on. We
2: hold-
1: told- I'm, hold I'm on. just going to – just let me make a point here. This song, while popular in the United States of America, was not a number one song here. It was number one in a whole fucking shitload of other countries, and it was a massive, massive hit. And I would argue that w- while Paul Young is not a well-known guy here in the USA, he probably was a big, big, and he probably has lots of hits that were UK hits, and that's probably why he had so much juice in... Do they know it's Christmas time at all, Jay? Stu you're so, going to say so.
3: That's it. So that's exactly right. So um, I had I had the exact same um, I guess thought, uh, I guess curiosity yep. that uh, that Ed has. So I did a deep dive on Paul Young. Um, he was a teen idol in the late '70s yep. in, in Great Britain. He was the guy on all the teen magazines. Okay. And so his he,
2: his cross the Atlantic was. When he did the cover, but he was already something in England.
3: He was big time in England, yeah. um, very famous. And which kind of leads me to another character in this in this whole thing. And and by the way, the Paul Frank- Young not only not only started the fucking song, he also gets a part towards the tail end of the uh, the just the singers. No, and he he bookends him it. a couple chunks. Yeah, big. Um, and and looking back, and that's some quaff it- on that guy.
1: Great hair, yeah. great mullet.
3: And if you really want to like reshuffle, because I think at in 1984, I think Geldof and crew were like Paul Young. Of course, he's the most famous Brit. We got to go with we
2: this, get guy. this guy. But,
3: but looking back, I mean, Phil Collins, uh, who did drums exclusively, I want to say he was a more successful solo artist singing than Paul Young ever was.
0: For sure. Uh,
1: but yeah, for sure. But, but this but was this what? was the infancy Sting of Phil Collins.
2: In 84 Sting was way bitter than bigger than Paul yeah, Young. Yeah. Sting was huge. Or I mean it, every I I feel like in that list and when we watched <laughs> this documentary which was awful uh the the one the band they kept bringing up first Spando Spando ballet. Yeah. That, was the, that was the big name. They kept bringing them up first. Like, yeah. oh my god, we got Spandau bla- ballet.
3: Yes, this yeah, they, yeah. They were the uh, they were the thing that if if you get they were hot, name, you
2: get a lot of hot names in here.
3: They
1: were hot, but so I'll I'll make this point. Paul Young is primarily like he's a, he has a great voice. He's primarily a vocalist, nice and, and Sting he can sing. But he's he's the bass player that sings, you know, uh, Phil Collins. Again, Phil Collins was just the drummer until Peter, the sledgehammer guy. Gabriel. Gabriel leaves the band and then Phil Collins is like, hey, don't hire another singer. I can do this. And then any, Phil Collins. Great. Amazing. But was, was still in the infancy of his solo career at that point. Paul Young is a is a voice guy. Now, I will say this. You also had George Michael there. And George Michael is not only nice. beautiful, but this man had uh, the voice of the ages. I mean, still does not get enough credit. And when we talk about Christmas songs later, we'll talk obviously about George Michael. But he was, he again, he was just sort of at the beginning of his thing, whereas this Paul Young guy, written and also singer and also Peaking at the time. Uh, yeah. Well,
3: I mean George. George Michael wasn't even George Michael. He was Wham.
1: Yeah, he was still in Wham. Yeah. He,
3: he was Andrew Ridgely's other half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and like I, I think that there was a there was a story in here. Did you guys read that story about Paul
1: Weller? Paul Weller um, from The Jam.
2: Okay, so I, I
1: town called thinking, Malice. I was
2: thinking. I was thinking RoboCop. That's
1: Peter, a, that's Peter Weller. That's Peter Weller. Okay. Okay. We got to review. What, Weller, hey. Ed, put that on the list. We got to review yeah, Robocop. Gotta what, RoboCop. What are we doing? What are we doing that how we haven't have done we RoboCop? Done
2: a, how have we not done a half hour on Cla- Clarence Boddicker?
1: Exactly. We need RoboCop. Put it on the <laughs> list. It's the next that. movie we're doing. Okay. Yeah, we are. Yeah.
3: And it, well, I'm, I, I should shelve this line for when we do it, uh, given that you invite me to do it. But I'm <laughs> going to say, hold,
1: hold on, team- oh, hold on, Stu. It's because you. It's so rare that you repeat a line. You don't want to do it. Yeah. Now, because you, you then it's done, you won't do it again. Keep them wanting
3: so, more. Yeah. Like in, in 1985 or whenever that movie came out, uh, Robocop, the creator's uh, version of the future, was a bunch of souped up four Tauruses. <laughs> I'll buy that for a dollar, <laughs> but this, uh, but, but this, this
1: funniest this thing you've Gomes. ever sh- said on the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Paul Weller, let's get back to Paul Weller.
3: Okay, he,
1: great. Um, town Called Malice, the, the Jam, great I, band. See them if they well, come to your town. Well, town
2: Called Malice is a great song. Yeah. I, I did. I forgot about The Jam.
3: Yeah, I, I did a deep dive on him as well because I had read that um, all of these big egos kind of played nicey nice during this whole thing. But Paul Weller, I guess, was a big asshole, and he made a uh, he made a condescending comment to George Michael, and I guess this this comment was uh, was quoted. From uh, George Michael, he said to Paul Weller, "Don't be a wanker all your life. Have a day off."
1: Wow, that accent! Wow, that accent was stunning. Uh, I could see that. I, well, there were a lot of big egos there, and at one point in the documentary, and it, the biggest, it's it's on YouTube, and you can watch it if you want. I wouldn't suggest it because it's so yeah, it's fucking boring. Good. But at one point, love I loved it. At one point, um. George, no, boy George, boy George. was like he was in New York. Yeah, he was like, who's that that sang before? Was that? And he like got it wrong, and they're like, no, that was George Michael. And he's like, ah, sounded a bit camp. He goes, but I guess <laughs> I, I guess it's George Michael, so that makes sense or something. Like, it was super douchey, like <laughs> camp. You're, you're, you're dressed like a fucking woman. You're the Culture Club. Yes. Um, I will say
2: that the documentary. It was amazing to watch this and then think. There was a time where George Michael had to come out of the closet.
1: I know he's so gay. He's so gay. But we didn't know. Oh we didn't know. It was a yeah. different time. I mean, we we were still
2: under the impression Liberace was just looking for the right one. Exactly.
1: So. Uh, um Paul uh, who who's my favorite guy from the Hollywood my, uh, Squares? Paul lind Paul oh, lind, oh, He was oh. just a confirmed bachelor. Like what? What's the big deal? He wasn't gay. Uh, okay, so do You here, guys want my, my
3: Paul Weller um, knowledge real fast? Yeah, uh, let's sure. Let's get right to it. Yes, you read so he his. Was the one that, can you do it in the accent? One
1: that, yeah, no, no, please don't. The
3: one that pissed off George Michael, right? But I, I'm like, who is this Paul Weller guy? I kind of remember the jam. You know what band he was uh, fronting at the time this this came out? It was Style band Council. Called the Style Council, which. As I listened to the music, it was right up my alley. It kind of sounds like a Depeche Mode meets uh, Pet Shop voice. Yeah, and I was I was listening to all that back then. I don't remember anything by that, and I don't remember this guy. And I think if you read a little bit about him, he was uh, he was right up there, maybe even more famous than Paul Young because he had some time over there. He was a huge British act, huge, and he didn't get, he didn't get any time on this song. He may have gotten like. Two words, and I think he was pissed off yeah. about
1: that. I believe he was also in Dexie's Midnight Runner.
3: No, his uh, his oh, the the style council keyboardist was from Dexie Midnight oh, Runner. Oh, that's, what it, that's Paul Weller's what
1: it was. That's right. Um, yeah, it was early, it was a different time. It's hard to go back and like figure out, but the, here, here's some of the other people that were in the in. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. We got off track because Bono. <laughs> Originally, I, I came up with Bono, and I'll be honest. Dressed like a Hasidic Jew. I'm drinking. I'm drinking. I never usually drink during the show, but we're doing this on a Friday night, and I'm not a weekday drinker, and Friday's the weekend. Fair. And I'm drinking, I'm drinking a Stone Enjoy by one one twenty unfiltered IPA, and it's almost 10% alcohol, so I'm feeling it. So Bono, I never realized, and this is how dumb I am until recently, how sickly diminutive Bono is.
0: Yeah, is he's it, a
1: it, tiny there's man?
2: A, there's a big part of it where he's between uh Simon LeBon from Duran Duran. Yes, and Sting. And Sting, and either those guys are both 6'8, yes. or he is is a miniature
1: person. So don't nobody look this up right now because I'm going to look it up and we're going to take over unders on Bono's height. And you got to understand that the whatever the internet says, you got to knock 2 inches off that. Okay?
2: I I think he looks 55 cuz 55? do see Simon Le bon as 65.
1: So so Ed Daly, Ed Daly, you have Bono 5 foot 5. I don't I'm not sure how many Stone that is, and that's weight. I don't know how they measure height. That's weight. I have have a
2: sad revelation. Yeah. First ever cassette tape I ever got. Yeah. Seven and the Ragged Tiger, Duran Duran. That was the first one.
1: Hey, this is.
3: I
2: had that. I I
1: mean, mean, I was like, I was like,
2: I was like eight or whatever. But that was my first tape ever. I was got a tape recorder, and that was the first one.
1: I was just telling somebody today that I um. I was not a Duran Duran fan, and in fact, I remember riding around in my buddy Lance's brother Derek's two eighty Z. He was older. We were probably about thirteen, and Derek was driving. He's probably about five years older than us, and we're in his two eighty Z, and I'm in the back seat, and he had the windows down, and he started pumping Duran Duran's Rio, and I I slid way down in the seat because <laughs> I did yep. not want to be seen with two other dudes in a vehicle <laughs> with Duran Duran pumping out the windows. Oh, but we're, we're on Bono's height. Jay Stu, Ed Daly has set the bar over. He says 5'5". Five, five. Jay Stu, your thoughts. Bono Vox, Bono Hewson, what is his height? He's very small. What do you think? I'll say 5'8". Five eight, a normal height. You've 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 given him a normal. No
2: way, no way. He's normal.
1: No there's way. no way he's five I mean, eight. It's,
3: it's, it's, much, it's much less about me thinking he's short than
2: thinking Le Bon's tall.
1: Right. Okay. Interesting. Interesting.
2: You'd have to be like Manute Boltall, tall
1: the way he was. <laughs> lined up. So I've looked it up, and I'm just on the Google page that tells you people's height. Bono, and again, you got to knock off two inches. Okay. This, this right. somebody says they're five six. Which Bono says he's 5'6. That means my man's 5'4.
3: What? He says he's 5'6. Five 5'6. Six? Five six. Holy shit.
1: Yeah, that's little. Good call, Ed. That's little. That's little. Now hold on. There's a link here that says Bono's real height is finally solved. And it takes you to a message board. Oh, here are the picks. He's five foot seven. No, no way. way. No way. There's no way.
2: There's
1: no way he's five seven. No, there's no way. There's no way he's five seven. Seriously, uh, uh
2: when, when when Simon LeBon's standing next to him, it's like Mark Eaton in a huddle yes. next to John Stockton. Like yes. there's no there's no comparison. And by the
3: by the way, uh the listed height on LeBron, I just googled 6'2".
1: Six six two. Two. Six two.
3: That's a big, that's a it's big, a normal, guy. normal like height.
2: People typically aren't tall. Um, he didn't do well in a yachting incident, right? Simon LeBond. Oh, that's right. I just think.
1: That's right. Yeah. He was yeah, a yacht-er. Was yeah.
2: yachting troubles. And by, by the way, the uh, seventh uh, of a ragged
3: tiger cassette that I also owned, uh, I think the first single was the reflex. I was all over the, that music. You go back to 1984 and I think Duran Duran may have been the biggest band on the planet. Yeah, they're huge.
1: They're massive. They were huge. Not and even
3: sadly, this, yeah.
2: I just want to add: the second tape I ever owned was Combat Rock, The Clash. Yeah, and I, I used to, I used to tell people the first thing I ever owned was was Combat oh. Rock, but now I'm mature <laughs> enough to admit it was Duran Duran.
1: Okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my first records because I didn't. This is pre-cassettes, and this is embarrassing. I mean, two are not embarrassing; one super embarrassing. The Police. Synchronicity. Synchronicity. That yeah. was huge. I had yeah. the tape. Yep. I also had Men at Work Cargo.
3: Wait, that's mine. That's my first one. Men yeah. at Work Cargo was my first cassette yeah, We're, we're not talking about is
1: your it, first. We're talking about my that, first.
3: Who can it be now? Is thats that... Is that
1: no, it's the oh, album after go- that. It's the album. No, after
3: no, 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 no. Who can it be now is car. Oh, you're right. It's a uh, business as usual. Business
1: as usual. The yellow and yeah. black one. But my, my th- cargo
3: was uh, overkill and it's a mistake.
1: Yep. Great album. It's a mistake. Um, But my third first album. Billy Joel, Innocent Man.
2: Oh, that's the do off <sighs> one. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: This oh, 80s Billy goodness. Joel, 80s Billy Joel. The worst.
3: That's what... It, Wait and, a minute. I, yeah. Uh, we, had, we had... What was that? Uh, Glass Houses or Broken Glass or something? Yeah, that was some, a great rock blessed. album. That was a yeah, great rock the, album. The
2: doo-wop was one of the worst
3: yeah, of all
1: time. It's, um, oh. That's, oh. The, that's the Christy Brinkley one. Where Christy yeah. Brinkley's oh. in all the Up-town videos. Girl. That's Uptown that's girl. girl.
2: Yeah, That's terrible. So
1: bad. It's so bad. And had so many hits on it. Uh, uh, okay. My, po- my yeah. point
3: about uh, Le Bon real fast. Uh, Duran Duran, the, probably the biggest band in the world at the time. And I read... Um, as you guys probably did too, here that he, when Geldof was selling him on doing this, they uh, he got the impression that he was going to do a duet with Sting. He was going to sing half mm-hmm. of this thing, Sting was going to sing the other, and then I guess a bunch of the other people were going to sing the chorus. Um, and he got he showed up and he was kind of thrown off by that. He gets he gets some pretty good face time and, and he sings a, a couple crucial parts of the song. And then what's his face Taylor. His uh, bandmate was John Taylor,
1: Taylor. the bass player based
3: on the the entire song. Yeah.
1: So that's and you get you get some of that from the um, documentary. Uh, Who's the guy who's the blonde Guy. Oh, the guy who looks like Greg the Hammer Valentine. Yes, yeah. Cannot figure I, him out. I
3: looked it up. I looked it up. Ready? Okay. okay, yeah. This again. I did. I did a deep dive. I have no idea who these guys are. So those two guys that were just kind of yucking it up, and they got a lot of face time behind the scenes, yeah. and they were just a part of the chorus for the for the chorus. Uh, they did. A, they were a band called Status Quo. Okay, you guys know I read, Status
2: Quo? I, I read. I don't know, but I did read something about Status Quo. They, I think it was them. They weren't invited, but they showed up Shut with up. blow. <laughs> they showed up with coke. That was yes. their, yeah. They showed up and, and it was like, okay, these guys are too fucked to up to sing, but like let them hang out because it's it's improving the vibe. Well, I,
3: I think there was a, I think Geldof, uh, Geldof's Boomtown Rats uh, label had a couple of just random bands, and I think that Status Quo was on the on the label and. They had been doing hit songs or hit British songs in the late 60s, early 70s. These guys were old. Wow. This is like Matthew yeah, McConaughey, the yeah. crash yeah. of high school.
1: Right. So he was, so he's talking about, he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't, because a few of the guys were like, I didn't realize so many people were going to be here. I didn't realize this many guys were showing up. And then the status quo guys, like, yeah, it's like, we all kind of got on it last night. He's basically saying, like, everyone's he's like, like, so, here's so some fucking. Clown
0: powder. Right. Let a- us be involved.
1: Everyone was super hung over. And once you get that sort of aspect of it, you're like, oh, this makes sense. Cause they all look a little haggard. Le bon looks real puffy. Like the, this was not a healthy group at the time.
3: No, that's the oh, thing about the this wasn't 80s. A healthy year. 1984 no, was no, not a healthy that's, year. That's right. peak cocaine. And those, those, eighties uh, kind of goth pop guys were, um, emaciated yeah. They were all anorexic, and they had the massive hair that threw yeah, it off hair. even
1: more. Yeah, yeah. So, so who who else? I
2: googled was... another one. I, so I googled uh, another one from the documentary. I was wondering who it was. There was some androgynous looking uh, person named Marilyn, who was yeah, who the a pseudo singer. But then I did a little digging. This was Gavin Rossdale's ongoing boyfriend. I didn't realize Gavin Rossdale was this old. Shh,
1: what? G- wait, Gavin. Wait, what? Gavin Rossdale swings wait, both ways. Google.
2: Of course, Google, does Google Maryland, Maryland Gavin Rossdale, and it'll pop up right away. What? I know he was bisexual. This, this was a, This was an amazing rabbit hole I fell down trying yeah. to figure out who this person was. Shut. Up.
1: Uh Marilyn, Gavin Rosdale. Shut
3: up. I got it I got the feeling that he wasn't oh, very yeah. welcome. I remember when Phil Collins kind of shot him a look as he came out of uh doing his drum
1: set. Whoa Gavin Rosdale used to be Andraj. Yeah, I
2: didn't realize that all this like it it's just known that he and Marilyn had a thing. What
1: they're bo- what they the both they both look like chicks. Yeah,
2: it's amazing.
3: What? we're talking about. We're talking about the lead singer of Bush, right? Yes. yes. yes.
2: But I mean, I, I, one thing, he looks great because he's way older than I thought he was. Yeah.
1: He put he put two, was a thing in the early 80s. He put two babies inside Gwen. Oh, Ga- yeah. Gavin Rossdale. Hold on. How OK. How fucking old is this guy? We need hey, 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 listeners. I need a fucking, I need a song, I need a jingle for how fucking old is this guy? We do how fucking old is this guy all the time. I got okay. these guys out here that make sports. a mate's. How
2: fucking old is this
0: guy?
1: Gavin Rossdale, age. Oh yeah, we need sports. How fucking old is this guy? Okay, hold on, I'm on, I'm on images. Have you looked this up yet, Ed? Do, are you disqualified?
2: No, I, I have not looked it up.
1: Okay. Jason but Stewart. Had
2: a thing with a guy. In the 80s. 35 years yeah. ago i mean at minimum so let's say he's 20 he's 55
1: jason stewart your thoughts how yeah, old
2: yeah, I, would, I would say 58
1: 58 55 yeah. you guys are both right on there i would had we not been having this conversation i would have guessed 49. yeah i would have said 48 49 maybe 50 he's, yeah. he's but- 50 he's 54 years old Gavin he Roscoe had a
2: thing with somebody in in this m- video.
1: Yeah, amazing yeah, Marilyn. That's, that's
2: and I, I did read one of the people, and we, none of us will know what it, who it is. But one mm-hmm. of the people in the video was like famous for having a, uh, a a sitcom on the BBC where there was like some song, you know, like when something cheesy happens where a song becomes a big hit on the radio in the eighties because everybody's on cocaine. Yeah, yeah. So one of the people there was like a sitcom star that like Shut just he yeah, had just some random dude I who that. had nothing to do with. And I saw that uh, Bowie and McCartney like sent in a sorry, I can't make it, but we'll we'll put like liner notes on your album. Yeah. We'll, we'll praise the effort. But they were out.
3: Of course, it seems like the the bands on the official list that uh, I didn't really catch. I didn't see your Rhythmics. I think Annie Lennox would have stood out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they also list Frankie Goes to Hollywood, who on the documentary is doing like a phone call in. Frankie oh, Goes Frankie. to Hollywood was was huge at that point. Relax. They had the one big song. Yeah. But I think
1: it was a different guy from, it was that, that guy with the long straight hair that looked like that one actor that killed Brandon Lee in The Crow. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He had that yeah. long, stringy, straight hair. I think he was... No
2: mention...
1: I think he I was... was
2: say, yes. No mention of the Who. They'd be another British big time...
1: Right, at the time.
2: Yeah, Bowie, McCartney... Uh, I would think that who would be no, no stones mentioned.
1: No, of course not. I mean,
2: that's the thing.
3: That's the this thing. Is I the think Shutoff was going for a, a, a younger demo. Mm-hmm. I think status quo sneaked in with the Coke. Yeah. Um, yep. And then cool in the gang for some stupid reason. So weird. Amazing. So they're weird.
2: They're, Ameri- they're American. They and
1: into disco. The studio. Yeah. S- they're not British. So they weird. Nothing to do with it.
2: It just happened to be in London at the time.
1: Also up until that point, Known as an instrumental, like, funk band. I think this may, maybe Celebrate was, like, just about to come out. Like, they weren't, this wasn't, Cool and the Gang wasn't, like, the uh-huh. disco party band that, that you're thinking the, of right now.
2: The 70s? They were 70s when you, no. Their no,
1: big dude. songs were in the 70s. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? Didn't they,
3: didn't, didn't they sing September?
1: No, that's wouldn't fucking you, they, Earth, wouldn't. Wind, and Fire. Oh, okay. Um See, that's what I at. Yeah, I know. I know that's what you meant. Uh, there, Yeah, there was a lot of... Uh, you know who was there? Siobhan from Bananarama. Oh, Big fan. And also, I'm, I was speaking to somebody a couple years ago that had just come from the night before. She was at a party, and Siobhan from Bananarama was there. And I was like, hey, I mean, Siobhan... Like she was so banging in the eighties and she's like, no, still today. She looks so good. She looks amazing. Um, I think
3: the Nanorama's greatest gift to us was um, in the Karate Kid soundtrack. Cruel Summer, yeah, that was yeah. Jam, Rama's Greatest, and by the way, I, I have to correct you. I have to go on record as correcting you. Cool uh, in the Gang had many hits that had vocals. No, they I had mean, vocal
1: hits, but not until later in their career. No, no, yeah. yeah, They started out as an instrumental band. Don't question me. But they oh. were instrumental, like in the seventies,
2: yeah, but like 71, they they were a known thing in the disco era. I guess, yeah. We're talking okay. Get Down On It.
1: Yeah, jam.
2: Ladies Night, yep. Jungle
1: Boogie. I oh, mean, come on. Yeah, those are all good jams. Um, You're right. Okay, I'll give you that.
2: And By, by the way, the, the sitcom actor was known for playing a hippie. So like he was oh, like a specific character. Dirty. He had long hair. He was – he really he, – he aged the worst because nobody cares about – anything he's ever done. Dirty piece
3: no. of shit. There, there was, a, there was the, a Human League spotting. Now, Human League at that point had a couple really big songs. I want to say that Human League, at least in America, was more popular than Stand Out Ballet. Human League was... Um, was
1: oh, was the was, Human was, League was the, there? Don't You Want Me?
3: Oh, yeah, Don't You Want Me was their big one. But then they did that, that follow-up that was... Uh, I'm that was only
1: good. human of oh, yeah, yeah. uh, uh, flesh these, and these blood. He's um, made
2: that owe their careers to uh, John Hughes, right? Like he, yeah, he's, totally. He's helped them all out.
1: Um, yeah, for sure, hundred percent. It's interesting to because I'm now looking at the Wikipedia and it's like everybody that was there. Did you need the entirety of Spandau Ballet? Couldn't you have just one guy? They had the <laughs> right. entire Spandau Ballet was there.
2: I, I did note. Um, that I, I'm guessing it was Taylor, one of the Duran Duran guys, showed up at the studio in a Duran Duran t shirt, which seems <laughs> oh like God. it's kind of lame, right?
1: I love that. Yeah, no, be, it's, it's meta. I've
3: like seen uh, Marshawn Lynch in a Marshawn Lynch jersey at, at Taco Bell or something.
1: But <laughs> he'd do that. Um, so, what else? Uh, all of Bananarama was there, most Just of Duran Duran. Like-
3: this band called Heaven Seventeen, which i i that doesn't ring a bell whatsoever,
1: no, never heard of them they're probably big over there. Oh, here's one, Jody Watley,
3: oh yeah oh. American
1: yeah, American, just kind of there, American, she looked a little coked out. She's got that square <laughs> jaw um and but just kind of hanging out, doesn't get a solo, just kind of singing along like interesting choice to include and also she's she's kind of like a dance music artist right which was right, kind of weird which right. is a weird choice it's it's interesting you you want to know like how everybody showed up
2: um i i also noticed i was trying to look up there was somebody who showed up named Rick they were referring to him as Rick and i just felt like that was the most 80s cameo i don't know who Rick was <laughs> but if somebody's just going to randomly show up in the studio, it would be a guy named Rick in 1984.
1: Yeah. Oh no, he's he's also in Status Quo. He's one oh. of the old guys. That's probably he's the one guy of
2: the guys with the A-O.
1: That That's probably the guy. Oh, that is him. It's the guy with yeah. the the SFLB, the mullet.
3: They they got oh, a yeah. lot of FaceTime on that documentary.
1: Because
2: they had the coke, they had the clown powder. Yeah,
1: yep. That was so he's so you got to figure all these guys are in their twenties at the time he's born nineteen forty eight so he did, he's the forty year old dude hanging around he's
0: the chaperone with yeah, the coke yeah he
1: brought he brought the and he's the guy that's like oh yeah I'm feeling it today and you know like those guys partied a lot so if the, he was really getting after it um, you know he was he that's he he shouldn't have been feeling that bad okay let's let's play it let's let's listen. To the 1984 Band-Aid Jam. Do they know it's Christmas? And I'll be honest, Jace Stu loves the song. Ed Daly hates this song. And I was kind of in the hate camp. Like
2: I, I gotta say, I don't hate it. I just I don't feel the same things that Jay Stew feels.
1: Well, I mean, were you into
3: uh, Depeche Mode and Echo and the Bunny Man and the Cure and all those bands? back
1: then i i I kind of
2: was i mean i told you i liked some of it but it just didn't speak to me like yeah it was just another song i didn't
3: it it just seemed like a a cool um a cool charity song as opposed to the usual pop i mean uh, cheesy ass was horrendous yeah i mean we are the world was like they they had like all these lyrics it's almost like they wrote just a bunch of words and they're like you gotta squeeze it into a song and it was always it was clumsy and shit this one just seemed to flow they had cool uh lyrics even the the, the line that bono delivers that he, oh, this he the worst always, line ever he always regretted though but but the way he sings it is amazing. He like, goes for the it. delivery is astounding. Now, that's kind of... I, I don't have a problem with the words, by the way. He's
2: I want to like, point out uh, Rick from Status Quo died of a, <laughs> quote, shoulder injury.
1: You can't die from a shoulder injury. <laughs> I think that's called booger sugar. He died?
2: By way of... Yeah, he died in 2017, January
1: 2017. R.I.P., um, no,
2: you know December, no, it was de- it was it was December twenty second, twenty sixteen. So almost mm. three years ago, exactly. Three days does
1: before that, George Michael. By does, the way,
2: that Wikipedia that was page. His last Christmas. Does
3: it all? Does it say that? Uh, <laughs> that was, <laughs> that's a good one. Okay, um, easy, Jason. Does it also say on that page about the status quo that? Uh, the reason why we don't know who status quo is because they remained status quo and weren't able <laughs> nice. to, to nice. move with the time. Nice, Jason.
1: Good job. Yeah. Jason nailed that one. Okay, let's play the song.
3: There's a a, <laughs> a long intro of silence. I know.
1: Why is that? Oh, I don't here we know. go.
3: Are we talking over the song or are we just going to play? I'll yeah, pause. We should talk over this. Yeah. No, I, no,
0: just
1: get yeah. the talk. It's Christmas time. Paul Young, he's taking it real seriously.
0: He does, have, he
2: does have a good voice. He's just a little too feeling himself.
1: Yeah. Also, big 80s thing, rolling up the sleeves on your T-shirt.
2: Yeah, it's the move that weathermen do during storms. You're, you're, <laughs> you're really getting into it. You're going to roll up the sleeves. You're getting
1: after right, it. You're, you're there to work. Like I'm there, I'm here to show you I'm ready to work.
3: Now, are you, are you just going to put, okay. Could you rewind it at all or no? Yeah. Or are you just going yeah, to rewind it a little bit? Allow me to set up the, uh, the, the boy George part with context. Okay. So, uh, so Kyle Brandt and I used to have an argument about this song. Um,
1: Kyle I Brandt, say, that real, that real cool guy. That's a fan of me for no reason. Yeah, that's blocked. He, he's blocked. He's blocked me on Twitter for no reason, somebody that I've never had any interaction with that. I'm not, I don't know. Apparently doesn't like me. Do you want, do you want yeah, to that, shed some light on that? Jason? He's a friend of yours. The funny
3: thing is you guys, you two would get along. That's what's funny. But I know you guys he
1: hates me. He so, hates my uh, guts.
3: So if, if we can set aside, uh, uh, Brian's personal, uh, problems. Here. I don't have any
1: personal but problems. We, I'm fine. I, I, was, I don't have, so have any problems with anybody. A
2: personal problem with him.
1: Yeah, exactly. The, uh, the
3: point of contention, though, with this song, and he loved it as much as I did, but he always said that the the one singer that stands out and and kills it, steals the moment is George Michael. And I disagree. Um, I think boy George kills it. He does. And, and I, I agree.
2: Say, I, I'm with I'm with you because they show in the documentary. So, Brian, you, you might want to talk about boy George. We We mentioned that he was in New York. But they they spend a lot of time talking about getting jo- Boy George to the studio. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, he was he was on all of the cocaine back then.
2: Yeah, and he was asleep, and they kept calling him, and he was supposed to be there. Then he gets on the Concorde, shows up, and and they show him, and he's all tuned up when Hagrid. he shows up in the studio. Yeah. But he fucking delivers. He nails it. The oh, guy he's can the, uh, sing. He's the best
1: part of this song. The guy it's can amazing. sing. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. Let's get to the it. Part- The part
3: that they give him is great. And then they give him a little bit of a, uh, I don't even know what the, I don't know if there's a musician on this podcast, but whatever it's called when they just kind of do their own little thing at the end of a lyric, something that wasn't in the actual song that they had written, but he just kind of did a little improv. Improv. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? So let's
1: hear it. Scatting, if you will.
2: Skitty me, Bob. Come on. Uh
1: huh. And then there's Phil Collins. Woo! George Michael.
2: I like. I like when they showed Boy George showing up in the studio, and the stairs look like he's had. He has to talk himself through every step. Like (laughs) he's... Yeah. Or not? I'm sorry. I keep getting them confused. Boy
1: George, but, well, when Boy George, George studio, Michael. It's confusing. He's
2: walking up when he walks up the steps. He's he. You feel like he's saying step, step, step. Like everything, he's he's really zonked out. It, by it, the well, time he, that's
1: where that's where all the fans are outside. The, the they're like trying to hold that door yeah. closed, and all the fans are outside screaming. Yeah.
3: And and for some reason he uses like Simon LeBon as a crutch. He's like, come with me, Simon. Let's go up these stairs. It's here's what and I. He, he, and then
2: he gets to the studio. He's been doing all the drugs, and then you assume he slept.
3: Nails
1: Concord it. nails ride.
2: it. He nails it, and then he's slugging down cognac straight from the bottle.
1: Hip from the <laughs> bottle, I couldn't. T- I'm like, is that cognac? Because he's cognac. pounding it from the bottle. That
2: is an aggressive drink, right there. I love that you. It. Hear.
1: Yeah, go ahead.
3: (laughs) You hear, um, I mean, I've done a lot of analysis of this part because I've always defended Boy George as the biggest, uh, the best singer on this whole song. He's great. You hear hear the way he performs these like three lines and you're thinking, man, what a waste. Like he should have been the George Michael. Like with a voice like that, why, he just kind of sputtered out, right? Culture Club just kind of did a saying in the late 80s and then he just kind of went away, right?
2: I think there they were a bit. He was there was more gimmick to him. Yeah, there was more. He he can
1: sing though.
2: A look and everything, but he clearly had the talent. If he just surrounded himself around uh, with the right hit makers,
1: I think he definitely had the talent. I think he DJs now, and I just um, in case you couldn't tell by my voice, I'm doing air quotes. I think he's a DJ (laughs)
2: now. Fun fact: I went to a club in London where he was a DJ in like '96. And he was he was definitely needing cash, yeah. and he was the DJ there. And it was not my scene because oh, yeah. it was it was like house music. But I saw him DJ, and it, it, at the Ministry of Sound in London, and it was just it, I, I, I at that point I thought he only had a couple years left because he was out of. Money and he had a bad cocaine problem, but he's still kicking.
1: Well, remember, uh, remember when he held that kid, he held like a sex slave hostage and almost went to prison for it. Yeah. He was, he was, it was like a Rick James. (laughs) Oh yeah. It was like a Rick James situation where he had a, he had a rent boy like in Manhattan at his, at his condo and wouldn't let him leave. What's that?
2: Was Ted
1: Haggard thing? Yeah, yeah, and he was like, the, he, it was like a kidnapping situation, and he almost went to prison for it, but but pled it out. I think he had to, you know, like pick up trash on the freeway.
3: Well, my uh, my fun fact about Boy George, my kind of brush with fame, is um, when I used to tweet about this song, I used to um, I used to proclaim that Boy George outshines everybody, including George Michael. Um, and I, I at tweeted both of them. This is, I think this is when George was alive and, uh, boy, George blocks me. I think to this day, he blocked me, even though I praised him as being the biggest star on the song. He blocked me. I can't, I can't read his timeline.
1: Shut up. Boy, George is on Twitter.
2: Oh yeah. (laughs) There's a lot to unpack that, that statement.
1: Unbelievable. Okay. Let's, let's check out the real star of this song though. George Michael, and just one of the for a guy that is a superstar, for a guy that did had more hits and did more incredible things in the music business than 99.9 percent of people, I Beautiful. would argue I would argue and he's gorgeous, he's a Greek he's a Greek British guy. I would argue, still. To this day, in in memoriam, this guy is underrated for how fucking special and amazing and talented he was, George Michael.
2: Don't disagree.
1: Oh, there's Simon LeBon.
0: Yeah, he's doing the beautiful. The
1: no yeah, he's got it. Simon Lebon has to like kind of whine it. Oh. Thing. Should we talk about Sting's haircut? Because you know, Sting he
2: does go- look like he cut it himself.
1: Yeah, he's got he's got like a center part.
2: He's got a bit of a uh Dutch boy, but it looks yes. like he cut it
1: himself. Yeah, it's kind of like a Prince Valiant. It doesn't have the bangs. It's a weird and Sting, let's be honest, the guy is fucking beautiful. He's he's gorgeous. He's-
2: probably just took a time out from an 8 hour fuck session to
1: be there. He fucks a lot. He w- he was a uh he's a learned man. He plays a bass with no frets. He's very talented. Although I just saw right before we were starting, I was watching, I had the TV on while I was watching the um watching the documentary on my computer and I looked up and there was a commercial for his Musical that he's written, what and starring in that no. is that is currently running at the Amundsen Theater in Hollywood. Jay uh, Stu, Jay Stu, Stu, should we get together? Should we use some of your connections—the connections that never get me Charger tickets, that never get me Laker tickets or Dodger tickets? Should we use some of your Hollywood connections to get us tickets to Stings? The Last Ship, currently being performed the at the Almes Theater.
2: Ship. What? The Last it's, Ship.
1: Yeah, that's what it's called. It's what it's called. And he's in it. He stars in it. And I it thought looks
2: going to be like Synchronicity, of the musical. No, it the looks.
1: It's got like a Hamilton vibe without the rapping. Uh, I mean, just, just pure awfulness. Also, interesting. Also, Sting wearing a scarf indoors for this. That's I don't know who this guy is. I think he might be a Spandau Ballet he, he guy.
0: Is, he is, that is Spandau.
1: Spandau. Yeah. Oh, look how little Bono is. So little.
2: Oh yeah, it's like the kids' table.
1: Now here's a, here's a thing. Bono gets the solo, and it's coming up. Fine, cool. That, this is modern Bono. In, in 1984, Bono for sure was a known quantity. U2, boy, war, they had shit out. But they didn't. This was, Sunday Bloody
2: Sunday had already come out. That right? had come out course, for sure.
1: Yeah. But what hadn't come out was the Joshua Tree. He was still a minor. He wasn't a big-time yeah, yeah. rock on the right, was was a he wasn't a big time rock superstar, and meanwhile he gets the big fucking growl in this song, which is crazy. Well, tonight, God there of you. Phil Collins in a sweater vest. He looks like he's about
2: to go shoot nine holes. Yeah. After.
1: You know what's funny is every time someone pops on the screen and I don't know who they are I assume they're in Spandau Ballet That's
2: a good
3: assumption
1: There's there's George Boy George There he is Spandau Ballet Paul Young Here he comes There's Siobhan. Oh, there's Cool, Jody Watley.
2: I still feel like Cool and the gang didn't realize they were there. They just showed it's up weird. and they're like, "What? What are,
1: what are we doing?" Their here? managers we don't know any of these people. Their managers are just like, "Hey, there's gonna be a bunch of white people. Just Jody, go hang out."
2: Because you got you need to color up the studio, but yeah. like, we you, we know you don't know anyone here. Well,
1: they're also singing for black people, and there's exactly two black people in the group. <laughs>
2: Uh, I got to tell you, though, as you're playing it, yeah. I'm starting to feel it a little bit.
1: It's good, right? It, 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 I, I didn't know that I felt this Yeah, way, it's kind of really good.
3: Like, it's it's that driving beat, that driving bass, and it sounds cool. And by the way, uh, Ed had said something just in passing that um, we we need to kind of cover. Jo- uh, George Michael, um, not only was he in Wham!, during this time and wham was, was a massive, uh, uh, band at that time. They had what the, uh, careless whisper song and all yeah. those other, the, but uh, the jitterbug, you a, do the the jitterbug. and all that shit. Right. So, um,
1: I believe, I believe, wham, yeah, Go this on.
3: guy does the, uh, largest selling, uh, first solo album ever. I, I want to say nobody has chased so him down. Freedom?
2: freedom is that what faith faith, faith, was, yeah.
3: faith was faith was the, the right. thing that's just, like, it made him a world superstar. Huge. This guy gets uncomfortable with the fame, and he starts to have it out with his record company. He tells the record company, uh, I'm going to make you a double album. One is Love Songs, and the other one is going to be Dance Songs, which the record company wanted. This fucking guy had the balls to say, I'm going to do the album of Love Songs and never do the album of dance songs. And he just went to the court and sued these guys for like 5 or 6 years. Wow.
1: But then but then he came out in the early my, 90s. My, and he,
2: my sister had his poster over her bed. So I like I like to point that out. To my her. friend
1: um Kelly you know we were in like 7th grade and he Kelly had Kelly He had no different Kelly. That's Telly. Kelly. I know,
0: I know. I, know.
1: I like that. Um He had the George Michael poster, and he would, like, affect, like, a whole George Michael thing, like, around town. And it was before we, you know, knew. knew. Yeah, it's like stuff wasn't that obvious to us back then. We didn't realize that these guys were trying to tell us something.
2: Oh, yeah. Like, but back to what you were saying originally is – he's he's underrated but he's also he's also like you you feel like he never he never had as many hits as he should have
1: totally totally agree like, guy, yeah. un-
2: underrated, underrated yeah. on what he accomplished but he could have accomplished more he was he was fucking talented.
1: He was super whenever, talented. Whenever
3: this happens, whenever an act takes uh someone to court, whether it's uh George Michael taking these guys to the court or uh Pro Jam taking ticket uh, Ticketmaster or whatever, there seems to be like this uh Prince it, Yeah, it's there seems to be this like gap that they lost. Like if they had been making music in that gap when they were hottest, we could have gotten a lot more hit songs. And by the totally. time it came out of that, he was almost like kind of forgotten about. He's but an amazing act, and I, I, I recommend. I think uh, I think Showtime did the documentary on him, um, or maybe maybe it was HBO. But find it and watch it. It's great. He is, Chuck, I, Bear,
1: Chuck Berry
2: when he got arrested for the bullshit racist charges that were really you know like moving a. A person across state lines. This, or whatever, is, this but was, is before
1: this is before he was arrested for the very legitimate charges of putting a camera in his restaurant toilet to watch girls pee. <laughs> yeah. oh, OK, yes. OK, I'm just but making that, sure that was, that was yeah. the bitter. That was different bitter, uh, un- yeah. uh, out of ca- cash, Chuck Berry. Right.
2: But originally he was he was killing it. And then they said, oh, you, you move somebody across state lines, which it was it was uh, just a, a rule to punish right. black. People I think they got, I him.
1: think they got Jack Johnson for that back in the day yes. too. Yeah,
2: yeah. So they got, they got him for that. But, uh, while he was in jail for that, or while he was going through legal troubles for that was the British invasion. And then he just became a nostalgia act.
1: Right. Cause they, Cause they were all doing he, his they, thing. They,
2: they missed, right. They missed that He missed out on that yes. that time where he could have been a bigger right. deal. Yeah. So that goes to Jason's point that there's like you know when you have legal issues that just trips up your career you get
1: you get a small window so it was while we're on christmas songs we talked about uh band-aid do they know it's christmas after all and now we're talking about george michael if we're talking christmas songs It's my understanding that George Michael wrote this song and very magnanimously shared the songwriting credit with Andrew Ridgely. And Andrew Ridgely lives very comfortably, not unlike Jay Stu from his royalties from Gary Unmarried, lives very comfortably on the money he makes... From this song but, right here.
3: I, but I think that, I mean, if, if you look up George Michael last Christmas, you're not going to find it. It's, it's it's a wham song. It's a wham, wham song. He shared, yeah. shared all those songs with right, that
1: guy. Right, right. though he wrote
3: all the songs too, didn't he? Yeah,
1: even though it's that, you know, that's, bands go through that where they're like, hey, I write the songs. Right. I get the money from writing the songs, but sometimes they'll share in uh, that. I just want
2: to point out I googled Last Christmas George Michael and it, it does Pop up yeah. Jason no, no, no I'm saying if you I'm saying if you go to Spotify Or uh I get Amazon
1: No I get it Um What are some other Cause I have a oh, list the best, yeah. the,
2: best, the best Christmas song of all time Dar- Darlene Love, Baby Please Come Home To me that's the best
1: Okay let's google it or YouTube it, Darlene. <laughs> Darlene Love. I, Darla, you, just,
3: you just named a song that I have no idea. It, yeah. it doesn't ring Chris, a Christmas song.
1: Baby, Please Come Home. Oh, this is on the David Letterman show, which will be even better. It's a live yeah, this, version. This
2: is the Phil Spector. This is the, the greatest Christmas song of all. Yeah.
1: I think I just read that there's a there was a bidding war to get Darlene Love to come on and sing this on um two different networks christmas shows and abc uh, she i guess she's sung it on cbs for years and cbs yeah, didn't want to pay her so abc's now paying her to come on christmas night and sing this
3: performing oh, oh her holiday classic for us our good dear friend darlene love yeah.
1: Now, if we were a bigger show, we wouldn't be allowed to play these songs because they catch you for that. I would be my it would be my dream to get kicked off the internet for playing these songs. Oh, I know this jam. It's hot. Yep. Yep. I've been watching the. Um, I think it's called, I can't remember what it's called, but it's the John and Yoko documentary about the making of Imagine on Netflix.
0: Oh, that, that, that's probably interesting.
1: Highly recommend. I don't know how people know to have a fucking camera. It's the 60s. 70s. Hold on. Early 70s. And they're rolling tape the whole time, and Phil Spector there is there, and he's fucking little, and he's in a wig, and he's wearing sunglasses and a suit in the middle of the summer, and everybody, everybody there that's recording is completely terrified of him. And John Lennon is writing these amazing songs, and then he's playing them live, and Yoko is just going uh, uh, uh,
2: uh, 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 yeah, the worst.
1: in the middle of his fucking song, and he's just fine with it.
2: Even that Christmas song, she like is whispering in the beginning. Horrible! It's, she's she's awful. Um, well, uh, that whole uh, Chris, Phil Spector Christmas album, though, is really good. Yeah, the Ronettes. Yeah, it, it's a great
1: Christmas Amazing. album. Amazing. Didn't Have you, uh, yeah. didn't
3: Yoko and convince Lennon to uh, save Imagine for his solo career? Like the, that was he was gonna uh, do it as a Beatles? Oh, uh, that could be true. The, the last uh, album on Let It it's Be.
2: A, that's not surprising. Uh I, I do like George Harrison. The songs that of his first solo album that was the you know, number one album, uh, those were all ones that like John Lennon told him, Yeah, this is shit. We're not we're not good. <laughs> and it was like My Sweet Lord and all these all these like huge shits. Yeah, all hits
1: all things must pass. It's arguably the greatest uh post Beatles yeah. solo yeah, album. It, it is such a good album. It's Amazing! It's incredible, and I listen to it all the time. Um I like this. Have you guys ever heard this song? This is an Atlanta band called the Black Lips. "Christmas in Baghdad." I don't know this. Yeah, you should. You should put it on your mix. Um, you can talk over it. They're talking. These guys are singing about being at war during Christmas. This is modern.
2: Oh, this is modern,
1: but yeah. are blocked by Philip George
0: George.
1: What about another classic? The Beach Boys. Little Saint Nick. Ed, I feel like you might have a problem with the song because you don't like uh, the Beach Boys. It,
2: it's actually uh, it's the, it might be the only Beach Boys song on my phone. A, there's a nostalgic year. aspect to the song.
1: That it's I've amazing.
2: Been. Well, um, way up north where the air gets cold there's
1: a tale about Christmas that you've and a real
2: famous
1: cat All dressed up in red And Woo! he spends the
2: whole year Working out in his sled. It's losing Ed, you are going to say? I would say uh Of of more and When when I say modern At this point, modern is just Inside of like 50 years Yep Um uh Father Christmas by the
1: key. Amazing
2: a, a Terrific song
1: On so my list And I, And I see That um, Twitter friend of mine from the great Boston band, Letters to Cleo, Kay Hanley, they have recorded a cover of Father Christmas this year. I I don't have it handy to me, but I have the Kinks version. And it's one of, if not the all time greatest Christmas song, Father Christmas by the Kinks. Kinks for one of the great rock and roll bands of all time for for the guys that are the the guys that are credited with inventing distortion underrated underrated that was vastly underrated yes pants i knew it was bad and i would hang up a stocking at christmas open the presents and i'd be glad but the last time i played for I mean, come on! on. Amazing. About, about
2: the Pogues fairy Tale of New York. Of New
1: York. My all-time favorite Christmas song. Shane McGowan, The Pogues, Fairy Tale of New York. Because it's you can identify with it. You know, it's a we've all been in this position. Tell me a time this hasn't been your story.
3: It was Christmas
2: in the drunk tank. It's one of those Christmas songs that. You know, one of those random Christmas songs where they rhyme maggot and faggot? Yeah. That's, that's a usual Christmas song. Also,
1: game, didn't know this till this moment. Matt Dillon plays the cop in the video. Really? Yeah. I like how Shane McGowan has to pretend he has to act drunk in the drunk tank. Yeah.
2: And also they're not they're not Irish. They're from London. Oh, are they? I, I, yeah, I looked it up like they're from King's Cross, London. Oh. Like they're not, like right in the middle of London. It's yeah. weird that they have this
1: yeah, that's... expectation the way they
2: do the Irish music. They're not Irish. Yeah, interesting. They're they're
1: they're they're London. Irish roots. We gotta get to the chorus before I quit this. <laughs>
0: Broadway was waiting for
3: me You are
1: handsome You were pretty queen Of New York City when, when the band, band finished playing, playing They held out for more Sinatra was swinging All the jokes they were singing I like in the I video, to the 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 like video. video. The, You gotta watch the video it's, not, it's, not, it's nothing that spectacular About the video Except that the whole band Has ashtrays going And they all <laughs> Literally, everyone in the band has a cigarette next to him.
3: I never, I never realized how much I like that song. It's until a, now. it's great, right? It's a great song. Great song. the uh, if you can if you can cue this one up, because yeah, because it's 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 becoming my favorite song. Um, out of protest, um, John Legend and Kelly Clarkson redid this song in the last year, or so and it's. It's just such a a uh, politically correct version of a song that is fairly harmless, and the, right. origin, the hey, original the original "Baby It's Cold let's, Outside." Let's,
2: yeah, let's fuck. That's all it is. It's not. It's I'm gonna I'm gonna pin you down. It's just it's, let's fuck. It's cold outside. Can, can I
3: can I say something uh, political here? Like, what, uh,
1: does that mean you're what, not going to tweet about it?
3: Whatever happened Uh-oh. to the the uh, art of seduction like oh. it, it has it just ha, have, we, over have here. you gotten to the point where we need to uh we need to hand uh each other like signed contracts before we agree to move forward and have intercourse i like, heard something i heard this, something
1: about you need consent to change positions now hey <laughs> well i'm but, gonna flip but you but over girl
3: it, it, it's a it's a charming song. It's I, I'm a sucker for a duet. I always like. Yes,
2: I always yeah, like it. Dean Martin. That's that's a, like all standards. That's a pretty solid Christmas album
1: too. Dean Martin Fox.
2: Oh, he certainly did. Yeah.
1: But
3: I've, but let me reemphasize, over the last couple of years, I like this song even more. The original song, due to them trying to bastardize it with a bunch of political correct shit.
1: Um, it's, I'm trying to YouTube it right now, but it's like a...
3: Maybe YouTube took
2: it oh. off because it's
1: uh-huh. offensive. But it's <laughs> uh-huh.
2: I'm sorry. This isn't D. Martin, is
1: it? No, it's from the it's from a movie. Yes. I really well, there's, a great, there's a great a great part outside. in uh, Elf where these things outside. I mean he's getting pretty forceful. So oh, he takes now. off her jacket.
2: your hands they're
0: just like ice. My
2: mother will
0: start to worry. Beautiful, what's your He t- t- takes off her hat. Listen to the fire. Okay, it's so really it. it's
1: kind of rapey. Well, he won't let her leave.
2: Well, he let her leave. Well, but doing it smooth.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Let's find the Dean Martin version. Maybe it's cold outside. Dean Martin. Dean Martin. Oh, here we go. Oh, Dean Martin and Doris Day. Come on.
2: Yeah, this is, this is about fucking... Yeah.
0: I really can't but, baby, but baby, it's cold outside. But baby, it's cold outside. Been hoping that you so drop in. Nice.
1: I'll hold your hands, they're just like ice. Yeah, beautiful. hold your hands. I'll, I'll bind your hands. Listen to the fireplace <laughs> roar. <laughs> I'll go BTK on you. <laughs> don't put some records on while I pour. Baby, baby, it's bad. It's I'll playful. Dance. It's playful. No chance to be dead. ahead. Yeah, he's not actually doing a rape. Your
2: eyes are like starlight now.
1: Also, so, Dean Martin. Come on, I mean, he he could get anything he wants.
3: Let me. Can I? Can I quote Deanna Martin? Hello.
1: Yeah. Deanna Martin. Dean Martin? Are, are we playing another Christmas song? No, we're just talking here, buddy.
3: We're having a conversation. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So to quote Deanna Martin, who's the daughter of Dean Martin.
1: Oh, uh-huh.
3: She's a woman, by the way. She has a she vagina. An actress. Yep. She says... I think what John Legend's done, he's stealing the thunder from Frank Wasser's song and from my dad. He should write his own song if he doesn't like this one. Don't change the lyrics. It's a classic. It's a perfect song.
1: I kind of agree. That's
2: well, a woman who
3: says that. We don't that.
1: need to be overly woke about things.
2: Yeah, it's, it's okay to just for a guy to be a little thirsty in a song. Yeah. Um, I got a, a semi-modern, probably also 45 years old, Merry Christmas! I don't want to fight tonight by the Ramones. That's
1: oh, a good one. Hold on, let's so play this one first. You like this one? This song. is the
2: worst song. Yeah. Paul McCartney fell in love with synthesizers and cocaine.
0: Mood right. The It's a tonight. And Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. It
1: really does suck. I got to be honest.
0: not catchy at all. The feelings here that only comes.
1: Now, it's very, like, jilted. Stilted is the word I was looking for. Meanwhile. did Somebody
3: the... just went crazy on the organ in that song. Like, yeah. somebody just went, went off
1: yeah. on that. There's l- literally what? the Ramones never did anything that wasn't fucking perfect
2: and it, uh, everything was short yeah. it was just rock out for like 2 minutes and yeah. 40 seconds yeah. and then you're done great Oh, uh, this fuck come on, come on.
1: I like that, in the video the, uh, the dad has a yarmulke on.
2: <laughs>
1: this is later Ramones because Dee Dee. Oh, this might
2: be the early '80s, right?
3: Yeah,
1: Dee Dee Ramones it- gone.
3: Yeah, are the Ramones gonna do a fucking Christmas song or album if they're if they're not late in their careers right. in the need of money? Right.
2: Um, well, I hey, feel like, a lot of like, Christmas albums happened after the tennis man showed yeah. up. Yeah. Right, right. Like, like after April fifteenth, they're like, you know what? You're gonna need to right. do a Christmas <laughs> album this year.
1: Like, Idea. I remember, uh, a
2: few a few years ago. Uh, oh, fuck. Um, who's I want you to want me? The. Uh,
1: uh oh. The- uh, um, cheap trick.
2: Yeah. They they Howard Stern was playing this. They do I Want You for Christmas and Meet and it's like that is a wow. tax man move right there. Like it's thirty years after that song and it's like, you know what? We're out of cash. We we gotta do something. So they just That's recorded a- that.
3: This is a plot line in that movie, Love Actually, the Christmas song, where they oh, right. the, rock, the just, old, just old aging yeah. rock star changes hit the lyrics to his big song. Now
1: I tell you this, about I tell even... you about Love Actually. It's a fucking hard one to get through. Like I get why what? people like it. It's, I,
2: yeah. I I I like it for. You know the feel-good Christmasy thing, but it's beyond problematic. We could do that one sometime. As a yeah, you're
3: show. right. That talk about uh, rapey and like uh. questionable. There's a couple things in it. Now, now, um, I don't even know if this is a Christmas song, but since it says the word Christmas in it, I'm going to put it in. You talk about a, a rocker. Uh, not as good as the Ramones, but uh, Christy Hind wrote this song called 2000 Miles. Oh, great song, dude. Play 2000 Miles, Brian. You gotta and get to the part where she says Christmas.
1: So do you mean could, do you mean Christmas,
2: Christmas,
1: do you mean 2000 Miles by the Pretenders? Do you mean Chrissy Hind? <laughs>
2: did
1: What'd you say Christy because you said Christy Hind?
2: No, it's Chrissy Brinkley, right? Yeah,
1: Jay Stew's drinking too.
2: Oh, boy. Um, yeah, that is a great song. An underrated uh, band. Oh, yeah. Pretenders. Pretenders are underrated. For like
1: a rock and roll mm-hmm. hall of fame, like everybody knows their songs band. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Pretenders underrated. are don't get the credit they deserve. It's
3: all about Christy Hind, I think.
1: Yep. Christy Hind.
3: This was covered by uh, Coldplay, by the way.
1: Oh, so um, an even better version.
3: Here we go.
0: 2,000 miles, it's very far, the snow's falling down, it's colder day. Than- Children will sing will be back At
1: Christmas time Boom! Amazing, amazing
2: um, yeah. I, I will say this is You know, I, I know we're We're running long yeah. This song, I wouldn't say is classically good Okay But it's a fun romp Through a lot of uh, traditional songs Merry Motherfucking Christmas By EZE.
1: Oh, I don't. I don't think I know that one.
2: It's it's just it's a it's a mess of a song, but it it was a lot of fun to get drunk and smoke weed to in college.
3: Didn't uh, Run DMC did a uh, did oh, a Christmas in uh, the House? Is a classic. That's a yeah, that's, that's a, a, a jam. Good jam. One.
1: That's a jam. Great,
3: great song. It's their it's their second most stream song ever. Like if you go to uh, the Beach Boys who who did. All of those amazing tunes, especially on Pet Sounds, their number one song streamed is their Christmas song.
1: Yeah, these Little guys Saint Nick, which we played earlier. Major early.
3: cash on these. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just saying that th- this song, I mean the, the uh, Christmas and Hollis by Run DMC, yeah. that's their second most streamed song that's ever. A, that's a legitimately great song. That's great. That is great. Nice.
2: i no oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh.
3: never heard this song. It's
2: so, it's so bad and so good.
3: Oh, by the way, but but John Lennon has a problem with maybe it's cold outside. He doesn't have a problem John with suck my dick tomorrow day <laughs> yeah. did he say
2: john lennon yes
1: yeah, john lennon <laughs> uh christy hi, john lennon okay i think we should wrap it up what do you guys think yeah. you guys you got something you, I, got, you guys have anything I to add?
2: i think uh yeah merry christmas happy holidays happy new year to all all of our listeners we
1: we love all of our, our <laughs> listeners I, this, I feel like episode came out fantastic. It was a pleasure to do. I had so much fun. Um,
2: How impressive were we? We took a song and did it in an hour and a half on it. We did.
1: Well, so I thought we wouldn't, I'm like, we should talk about some other songs because we're never going to be able to talk about uh, Band-Aid for that long. And then we did, we talked about Band-Aid for an hour. We are
2: legitimately great.
1: Yeah, we and we could have gone another forty five minutes. I I had to cut it short to talk about more songs. Yes, amazing. We're great. The right.
3: greatest holiday song ever. Um, I encourage. I I just have a feeling that a lot of our listeners are like, yeah, I know the song, but it's not that big a deal. Do me a favor, play it like three times in a row, and then tweet at us that you what don't is this? love like, it.
2: Like can- Candyman.
3: I, well, I three just,
1: times. Uh, I've, I've
3: I'm trying hit, to solicit people like, for my song. Like
1: Ed Daly hated it before we did this episode, and now he's into it. And I'll tell yeah. you what: if you, if I
2: didn't if, hate it. You I hated just, it. It was not like top. No, no, I, I didn't hate it, but it was not on my the top. And I'm, I'm I really enjoyed it by the end of this process. There you go.
1: Um, I so. I was not that into it. I, th- I, you know, I thought it was okay. But when I watched it with the video, I was like, "Oh yeah, this shit is fucking fire!" <laughs> so it good. Is. So many talented people. Uh, it was amazing. Speaking of talented people, I want to thank. Ed Daly for three hundred episodes of this. The, this wow. man is a. This is the three hundred. Yeah, this is three hundred episodes we've done. Ed Daly is a machine. He is the fucking backbone of what we do here. The guy has ideas coming out of his ideas. I just talk. Ed Daly comes up with the shit we're going to talk about, and I couldn't do without him. He is the man of the hour, every hour, and Jay Stu, Always fucking great to have you. I can't wait to talk about the Bachelor. You are a unique persona. There is no he's one else like Ponzi. you. Yeah, he's yeah, he's our Chuck Cunningham. Uh, and
3: by the way, yeah. uh, what 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 an honor it is uh, to be on 300. And I'm not even exaggerating when I say this. Um, I think people will want to listen to this episode more than they will want to watch the movie 300 oh, with yeah. Gerard Butler.
1: Never seen, butler. I mean, yeah, love looking at him. I love, I've never, I'll be honest, I've never seen 300, but I definitely have seen Angel. I've never, I've seen Angel has fallen, and I've seen, well, that's that's
2: way better. I've seen Den of Thieves 300, and I remember there being like a big outpouring of love for 300, and I was like, that
1: shitty movie wasn't it? Wasn't it all CGI?
2: It was. It, no, it, it, was looked, it looked groundbreaking odd. in that respect. It was
3: groundbreaking
2: in how it looked. Yes, it looked like a, sort of a comic book. It looked odd.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like a CGI it gladiator. Like, it looked like
2: Sin City. It looked like no, one of these like out. weird kind of movies. I'm right? out. I love Jerry but, Butler. But had Jerry Butler. By the way, Brian, the woman was pretty hot
1: too. Yeah. Yes, it, Jason. Maybe,
2: maybe,
3: maybe this will get you. Uh, maybe this will get you to watch it. Cersei Lannister naked Oh I'd like to
1: see that I wouldn't mind seeing that Might have to get a Mr. Skin password for that Uh Jason Stewart Always incredible to have you On the show love having you on the regular show Love doing Love doing the Bachelor lifestyle With you coming up in just A couple of weeks new Bachelor Season starting we might might have to get Reality Steve on to discuss that Uh Also, for Fancy Sauce. Fancy Sauce is not here, but very big part of the show. Miss Fancy Sauce. Uh, Next year, big things coming next year. For a daily, for Jason Stewart. My name is Brian Beckner. This has been episode 300 of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. It's amazing. We will see you next week. You with yeah, some movies and shows and others. Top podcast, man. No one is above us. Five star, even the haters love us. And we're not trying to talk politics a lot. We'd much rather talk about dicks a lot. Shit's so hot. man. you know the shit's on top. Top podcast, man. It really hit the spot. Listen up, you play as a shop caller. TV, LS, the lifestyle's <laughs> baller. And you know the show is so flawless. TV, LS, the lifestyle's baller. Listen up, you players some shock, call us TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is for all us, TBLS, the lifestyle's baller.